Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place where you can experience a grace that heals. Absolutely. My name is Lynn Wilder. And, and my co-host is... I'm Joel Grote. And Lynn, we have got an amazing guest with us today. It's Augusta Harding. Uh, anybody who's part of the Mormons in Transition Followed Mormons stories has probably heard of her because she has been involved in ministry for a lot of years. We're not going to say how many. Uh, but she is definitely someone in who God's grace has been brilliantly displayed. And I've known Augusta for a lot of years. And I'm really honored to be able to have you on the podcast, Augusta. So, thank you both. Glad thank you. So, I would, so start us out with uh, your story, where you're from, your spiritual history growing up. And we'll kind of go from there and then... Yeah. What well, God's done in your life? Growing up, as far as spiritual history, is about this long. Okay. Very short. <laughs> I was born and raised in Reykjavik, Iceland. Okay. Uh, the oldest child of uh, three to come. All right. The only daughter. And um, we were, I was, of course, a World War II baby. All right. And uh, grew, grew up with. Hitler on the radio and sirens and Americans marching on the street of Reykjavik. And uh-huh. So I grew up with, with a, a great deal of fear as mm, a child. Sure, yeah. A great wow. deal of fear that we would just be blown away any time and, and that the norm of life was war, you know. So yes. Everywhere there was war talk, war talk. And I began to, um, my father taught me how to pray but it was, of course, just a little, you know, now I lay me down to sleep type of prayer. Okay. Mm. So uh, we never, ever read the Bible, even though my dad was the ninth child of 11 of a very prominent and famous minister in Iceland, a Lutheran pastor. Oh, really? Interesting. What was his name? His name was Árni Thórarinsson, and he died when I was nine years old. Okay. So, wow. I mean, he had like, you know, 60 grandchildren, so <laughs> okay. I wasn't very close to him, but I was fascinated by him. And uh, I thought a lot about God or, or the supernatural. Iceland is an island, of course, in the North Atlantic, and uh, we became officially Christians in the year 1000. Okay. Oh, that was from being <laughs> bloody Vikings, you know. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so the church in Iceland is is a, a, a state-supported church, the Lutheran okay. Church. All right. And uh, so my grandfather baptized me when I was three months old, Christmas, and uh, I was confirmed at age fourteen. Went All right. To see the minister and and went to catechism. But I was learning, you know, the Lord's Prayer and the Apostles' Creed and all that. 
but I had no clue about the message of the Bible. I had no clue, really, who Jesus was or how he related to me. Sure. I, wow. thought, I thought if you were good, you hopefully went to heaven, and if you were bad, like you Hitler, went to the other like place. Hitler, <laughs> you went to hell. Do you know a recent Pew study found that most Americans in the United States believe yes. the same? Right? That if you're yes. just good, that's yes. what gets you there. Absolutely. Yeah. So I knew I wasn't too good, so I didn't really you know, know where I fit in the eternity. So when I was a young girl, I, uh, went, I was invited to a Catholic church in Iceland. Okay. Fell in love with a choir boy and began to go there just to look at him. <laughs> and it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't make any difference to me what was being said, because it was all in Latin anyway. Oh, that's you know, right. All yes. the all the Catholic services oh, were in Latin yes. back in oh. the day. Yes. Then, okay. Then I had a pair of cousins who were Pentecostals. Okay. And that was a very small group in Reykjavik, and of course I was drawn to that because I liked everything that was kind of religious or spiritual or other than the you know the pedestrian <laughs> life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so. But they frightened me. For one thing, I didn't want to wear that odd hairdo they wore. The Pentecostals? <laughs> yes. Okay. They wore a very strange hairdo. It was called the Philadelphia Church. And I had heard that they dunked people and held them underwater until they saw a white dove. Oh, my. And of course, that was a total lie. <laughs> but I didn't quite know. But so those I, kind of myths travel yes, fast and yes. take out a life of their own. I didn't want to show too much enthusiasm in case they wanted to dunk me into that. So anyway, um, but then I started hearing the word Jesus a lot and, and they talked a lot about Jesus and, and, and Jesus kind of became dear to me, although I didn't really know him. Mm. Um, so when I was about 18, I, so much happened in my life between 18 and 20. All right. I was in a, in a, starring in an Icelandic film about the first Icelandic fiction. And it was okay. a, I had the lead in that movie. I had danced in the National Theater. I was in ballet. Wow, and okay. art was very, very important in my family. Hmm. Okay. My father was a, an art dealer and uh, had a gallery in Iceland. And so I grew up with artists and poets and writers and dancers and actors. And, you know, that was my life. Sure. And we were, of okay. course, super liberal, very liberal. Yeah. And uh, I really did not grow up with any talk of morality per se although we had some sort of a sense of right and wrong. Right. Also, there was always the element of the supernatural. Okay. People were going to spirit mediums. The occult was, was kind of elevated okay. huh. in sure. Iceland. I never heard that it was wrong. Um, and uh, people were saying, oh yeah, I went to a good, you know, good uh, seance last night, and so-and-so came through. Uh, and they, they encouraged me to go, but I was so scared wow. of ghosts, I didn't want to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I had a lot of fears and uh, bad health, and I got tuberculosis, and I, I got over that, thank God. And now, is this still all between 18 and 20? All, no, this is all between like 7 and 18. Okay. And then I uh, 
I met an American at the embassy uh, in Iceland. Okay. Married him briefly, had a son okay. with him, and uh, came to the United States briefly. All right. And after being hugely abused and cheated on and, and physically maimed, I came to Iceland resolute. I was never going to speak to another American again. Oh, wow. Ever. Well, that would have been <laughs> a horrible yes, experience. We're, we're glad wow. you've changed your mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, uh, in the interim, I had been Miss Iceland in 1956. Had gone to London. I, I, so I, Miss Iceland is part of the whole Miss Universe? Yeah, no, it was Miss World. Miss World. I went okay. to London and was in the finalists there. And, Okay. Had a great time for three weeks in London. And this was at what age then? Nineteen. Nineteen years old. Yeah. Okay. So then one day in Iceland, when I returned from the United States and that horrible marriage was over, I was invited to a party at the American Embassy. And I said, no, thank you. That's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and my aunt said, oh, go on, go on. You know, I think she was afraid I was going to die an old maid. She said, you know, just go on, it'll be beautiful. So I did it for her as a courtesy sure. to go to that party. And there was this dashing young 23-year-old Navy officer, so full of himself, Dan Harding. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he asked me to dance. They had a similar facility to here, you know, a big ballroom-like. Mm -hmm. Right. And we danced. and. Uh, Pretty soon we were just dancing for 60 years. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah. So, he, but we were very spiritually equally yoked. He came from a nominal Protestant family from Philadelphia. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I came from this very nominal family Lutheran, in Iceland. Yes. <laughs> and we were nowhere spiritually, of course. Okay. So we moved to the United States and. Uh, Settled and began. I began having babies. Okay. And uh, we, we. So I, how many children do you have? Five. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, so um, things were going sort of up and down for us. Dan was finished with the navy, and uh, had become hired, you know, by by several companies. He went to University of Delaware and went for his master's in psychology and. Okay. was always hired by big companies as a marketing manager. So we were moving all over the United States and I no, no sooner hung the last roll of wallpaper than he would say, honey, start packing, we're being transferred oh, to so and so. Oh no. We've lived in 13 states. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's real. Okay, that's really hard it for is. women who have this oh. incredible nesting instinct and a dire settle in and not only that, I'm a foreigner here. I gave up my parents, my you know, my heritage, my culture, my language, my food. <laughs> my yes. Everything. Wow. So um, I was homesick, terribly okay. homesick. Began to be seriously depressed mm. and anxious and and skinny as I believe it or not, I was like 98 pounds and I'm 5'8", wow. you know, so wow. I was seriously thin. Uh, so how is your relationship doing then at this point? Is it, it starting to wear terrible. on the... Well, he was always gone and, and, and it was just a, a very argumentative marriage. 
I yeah. threatened to leave, to go home to mama, and mm. did a few times, and always okay. came back right away. We could we couldn't live together, and we couldn't Can live apart. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. Uh, both fiercely, you know, opinionated people and hmm. strong-willed, and yep. you name mm. it. Dan was that. Yeah. God bless him. I miss him yes. horribly. Yeah. He died two years ago. Yes. So he was anyway, a, he, was a, um, he was a good man, and that oh, we're going to get to that part of the wonderful. story. <laughs> yeah. So then we moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and okay. that was a very, very, you know, significant place to live, because that's where the Mormons came and found me. Okay. Yeah, I had had a almost like a, a spiritual experience that I sometimes hesitate to even mention. Mm. It was in Pittsburgh, but I'll tell it now since there are only three of us listening. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please <Yeah>. share. <laughs> I will. <laughs> no, I, I had known in Pittsburgh, no, excuse me, in Delaware, where we, when we moved in, in, lived in Wilmington, Delaware, and then worked for DuPont. Okay. Some other chemist for DuPont uh, was there and he was Mormon and his dear wife and I we really hit it off and they invited us to their house and we were amazed that people were having fun without drinking alcohol uh, that was yes. one of my yes. first amazements I was so amazed they were so There's nice no they had a hundred little babies all blonde you know yeah mm -hmm. and uh, and she looked like a model and just the all-time beautiful Stafford wife of Mormonism. Yes. And I knew nothing about Mormons except one thing that I had heard as a kid, that they were polygamists. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's, that's all I knew. And yeah, uh, it's amazing how many people, that's the yes. one factoid that they right. retain. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I didn't dare to ask them anything else what they believed. And she said, we kind of waited for the cocktails that never came. And they explained, <laughs> <laughs> and they explained to us that they did not drink alcohol. And when I started to light up a cigarette, she, she touched my hand and said, you know, Augusta, if you don't mind, we don't smoke. I didn't smoke much, but I smoked. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I was almost embarrassed, you know. There was this something goodness about them. Kind of this aura. Mm -hmm. of, yes. Yeah. Uh, that Cleanness, kind yes, of, yeah. That, that appealed mm -hmm. to me and made me like long for it in a way. Mm -hmm. So we had lost count, uh, touch with those people, and now we're in Pittsburgh, and uh, I'm coming home from the hospital, I'm lying in the dark, Dan was sound asleep, and I was looking at a starlit sky through the window, and I, was, I did not say a prayer, but I did have a very strong thought and a question about, is there a God? Does God yeah. exist? I was so, so amazed with all these stars. And as soon as I let go of that question, it's like the room lit up, and I lit up with this warmth and love, oh. something I cannot even explain. Oh. Right. It was so over overwhelming that I thought if it would last longer, I, I might die. It was so overwhelmingly beautiful. Mm. Yes. It was almost like God just put his arms around me and said, I'm here. Yes. You know? Wow. Oh, I was weeping and weeping, and I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to wake up then and tell, the, tell him God is real. Okay. And then I thought, 
he's going to think I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you? <laughs> so did you wake him up or no. you just, just let him sleep? No. Okay. Sleep. Welcome to the Christian yes. world, huh? And I yeah. thought, oh my gosh, what, what, I've got to go to church. That's the first thing I thought of. Okay. What church do I go to? And all these churches kept running through my head like, no, not the Catholic, no. It's all in Latin. And, and, and not the, the Pentecostals because they'll baptize me. And so I thought, well, the Mormons, the Mormons were so nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can look into the Mormon church. Well, I thought to myself, in the morning, I will look in the yellow pages under Mormon. I would have never found it, of course. Yeah. Because right. it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. So I fell asleep, and uh, 9 o'clock in the morning, which is not my shining hour, <laughs> Dan had gone to work, there was a call, uh, we had a phone beside the bed, I, I said hello, and there's a young man on the phone and said, uh, Mrs. Moffat, and she kept, we, we had her number and it was driving me crazy, these calls for Mrs. Moffat, and I said, no, this is Mrs. Harding, you have the wrong number. And he said, oh, my name is Elder Erickson. He says, Mrs. Harding, I'm from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. Uh-oh. Wow. I thought, this can't be happening. This must you know? be God, huh? Yes. So I said, yeah, I- I've been meaning to call you. And he said, you have? <laughs> <laughs> Every Mormon missionary's yeah. dream, right? Yeah, golden. Like, it's incredibly yes. good luck. Golden. Okay. So they, so they came to our house. And uh, we went through like three sets of missionaries because I was kind of a tough customer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know more and more and more. Yeah. Uh, but they weren't telling me much. They were just telling me the same old story. First question I had, of course, was about polygamy. I yes. was not about to uh, share Dan with anybody, you know. Yeah. And they said, no, 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 no. That was only old men in the old days, and they were just you know, rescuing poor widows that were left, or, you know, the same old story. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, <laughs> Which yeah. we know is like, said, not so true. totally not happening, yeah. but that's okay. That's the party line. And so. they said, definitely not part of our doctrine anymore. Mm. And uh, so I said, well, did they sleep with these women? Oh, no, 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 they didn't sleep with these women. They were, they were just, you know, offering them shelter and food. Yes, just so I bought that lie, and uh, now the campaign became to get me to feel this burning in the bosom. I, I was given a Book of Mormon. Uh, you know, they were highlighting Bible verses out of the King James Bible. Okay. I had a Bible that had been given to me when I was a child. Oh, all it right. It was an Icelandic, and it was so unread that it was. Glued to, it was basically, you know, I had to take a knife and go zip because some of the corners were glued together, you know. So <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's how much I had read it. And now I thought I could take on the Mormon missionaries, you know, to test if this was true, right? So they're, they're leading me through the primrose path, you know, like very, very uh, logical questions in a way mm-hmm. because they said, uh, Mrs. Harding, if the Bible was enough, why would we have so many denominations? And goodness, yeah. I could not answer that. Because when I came to the United States, I thought there were only two church, three churches, 
Pentecostal, Lutheran, and, and, and you know, Catholic. Catholic. Right. Mm -hmm. Found out to my amazement there were churches I couldn't even pronounce. Yes. Epis <laughs> what is Episcopal? Yes, <laughs> Episcopal. <laughs> Episcopal. That's and good. All the first and third and second Baptist and this and that. I yes. had no clue. And nobody had ever really invited us to church except okay. one Methodist pastor. My who had invited us to church, and I had no clue what he was talking about, of course. And that was the sum total. Wow. Yeah. Well, so here I am trying to answer this question. I thought, well, that's very logical. Why would there be so many? And right. they said, now, wouldn't it be a good idea, Mrs. Harding, wouldn't it be a good idea if God had a prophet on the earth today? Yeah. Because then we would know. And I thought, yeah, that would, of course, what was I going to say? No, that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. of course, you know. Yes, of um, course, that would be a very good idea. That is a yeah. leading question. Yes, yeah. we would all believe the same thing, and there would be no division, and we would all be one happy family. And so they said, Mrs. Harding, we want to bear our testimony that there is such a prophet on the earth today. And he, his name is uh, David O. McKay. Who was the prophet at yes. the time? Yeah. And uh, okay, so we're going on and on. Make a long story short, they I I consented to take six lessons with them, and this yep. is way in the old days when they had these flannel boards, you know, with these little figures. Oh, yes, yeah. flannel graph. Yes. 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 And Dan was with you with no, this. No, Dan was usually gone, you know, mm -hmm. all week on trips, and they yeah. would come when Dan was gone. One finally one day Dan came and he was kind of interested too, but very cocky, you know, like yeah, show it, lay, yeah, really, yeah, ha ha. So I'll never forget. I, I was so embarrassed. I thought, Dan, how can you be so rude? He had a chair that it was backwards, you know, with his legs hooked around, resting his mm -hmm. his arms yep. on the back, shooting questions at them, and poor kids, they were so you know mild mannered and nice and. And pretty soon Dan started feeling bad about his, you know, mockery. And okay, so okay, Dan so is there. Dan now begins to, to study with them, too. Mm. And uh, we're, we're throwing a thousand questions at them. And uh, the people are so nice. Orrin Hatch, the Senator Orrin Hatch, yes. uh -huh. was in Pittsburgh at the time as a lawyer. He oh, and okay. Elaine began to invite us to their home. Hmm. And, oh really? Uh, okay. And we were just kind of under just this love bombing from yes. the people. Right. Yes. And uh, so I was again ill at the hospital with some kidney problem, and again thinking I was going to die, you know, and wow. praying and asking God if I live, if I live to see my kids grow up, Lord, maybe I'll maybe I'll just you know stop smoking and do what the missionaries say and never drink coffee again <laughs> and uh, although I wasn't a big coffee drinker and then I said you know to Dan Dan I'm thinking we should join that church and he said yeah honey I think we should too they're really nice people yeah so we were baptized together okay shortly and after that when you got back out of the hospital that, yes okay. And our son Lance, who was over the age of eight, he got baptized with us, 
and uh, we became members of the Mormon Church. Mm. Uh, we were immediately put to work, you know. Yes. I was in the in the um, primary. Primary. I was going to yes. say that's primary. usually the first place that a lady yes. gets plugged in into primary. And I'll never help forget the kids. first time I came in. May I just have a glass of water? Absolutely. <laughs> Take, yeah, help yourself. Yeah. I'll never yeah. forget the first time I came to sacrament meeting. And I, I was, I thought, I'll really look spiritual. I had an old cross that I had been given when I was a kid. Mm. Oh, so I yes. put the cross on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did that that went over real well. <laughs> I was told, I was taken by one of the sisters to, to the, um, you know, the lobby. And she said, honey, we don't wear crosses here. And I said, really? How come? She said, well, I'll tell you later, but Mormons don't wear crosses. Oh, okay, so I'm very ashamed, you know, yeah. taking off this emblem of whatever, shame. <laughs> and so later on they said, well, we don't wear crosses because we don't stress the crucifixion. We stress the resurrection. And yes. if Jesus Christ had been killed, murdered by electric chair, you know, would you hang the electric chair on your neck? And that makes made sense to me, not ever knowing the incredible victory yes, that he yeah. won on the cross. And that's all of Augusta Harding's story that we have time for in this episode. But join us over the next several episodes as she continues her fascinating story that includes she and her husband's deepening involvement in their new Mormon faith, being pursued by a prominent Mormon who wanted her to become one of his plural wives and finding true faith in Jesus Christ and moving into an amazing life of grace and ministry. Lynn and I believe that Augusta's story will encourage you no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilders book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm -hmm.